2: Joe Biden is an idiot. Maybe uh, you don't need me to tell you that. Or maybe you like him and you don't like me to say that. Or maybe you think he's uh, an idiot. I don't know. But uh, he did make an idiot of himself today. And it's, guess what, still all about the hugs. He was out giving a speech somewhere. Um, and he's going to be giving a lot of those. And he called some kids up on stage. And he, of course, had to touch the kid. uh was a young boy. Uh, And so that, of course, with everything he's been dealing with for the last week or so, was his first mistake. He couldn't just have the kid come up and say, thanks for coming up. He had to put his arm around him. But he couldn't help himself, and he he had to make a joke about it. So he told the audience he had the kid's permission to touch him. So, of course, uh, you know, this is when he had his arm around him. So uh, his stupidity has already gone viral. He'll be the topic on all the cable news shows tonight... Just this one little gesture of putting his arm around some goofy little kid who's up there and minding his own business. He couldn't just have the kid come up on stage. Anyway, they even ripped him on CNN already. That was this afternoon, a little earlier. Now, CNN may be looking for ways to knock Biden out because he's too old, maybe a little too white and not quite liberal enough, although he's ridiculously liberal. But if he can't find friends at CNN... He shouldn't bother announcing that he's running for president because he doesn't have a chance. Not that he has a chance anyway. But here's CNN today. It's John King and a panel of women. You'll hear King introduce the quick comment from Biden and hear Biden uh, make his stupid joke. And then uh, King will talk to the panelists. The panelists are Jackie Kucinich and Tarin, Tarini Party. She's from Politico. Listen to this.
1: A video the other day saying, I get it. Um, he embraced the union leader, makes what he considered to be a joke. And then after, I think we have it, the vice, former vice president calling some children up on stage for hugs and handshakes, did it again. Except,
0: by the way, he gave me permission to touch him. I,
1: I get, talked to a lot of people around the vice president, he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. He says he welcomes a character debate, but he says he gets it. He doesn't get it if he's not understanding the women think their space was violated that they were disrespected they're not going to find that funny
3: you say the word disrespect so earlier in that speech he talked he was talking about how people treat blue collar workers how they treat wait staff he said it matters how we treat people exactly it matters how these women feel it matters if they feel like they were disrespected by the vice president or the former vice president that that's what matters here and this what his jokes today run counter to that web video, and and it, it, there's no other way to see that. And
1: the, there's the issue of respect, and then there's another conversation Democrats often have about Joe Biden, who can say, unlike anybody else in this campaign, I'm tested on the national stage. Unlike any other Democrat out here, I've been the Vice President of the United States. I have the experience to go up against Trump. He can make that argument, but then there's the argument: Does he have the discipline? Does he have? To, he had to know, walking onto that stage, the moment, and then he makes what he considers to be a joke which I suspect a lot of other people, especially the women involved here, are going to find offensive.
4: In, in terms of similarities with the president, I think obviously the lack of discipline is one thing we're seeing, but also the, the big question, whether or not Biden can go beyond his base. And that is obviously also a question we've seen come up with the president. Can they go beyond the white sort of uh, white male union worker uh, uh, voters that they're trying to court? And, you know, this type of joking uh, might not get them there.
2: You know, it's not going to matter because uh, the only thing he's he's never going to be known for from now on. Maybe for maybe more so than being vice president, because uh, you could ask—I don't know—you might be able to ask half of the uh, millennials out there right now who are so uh, inclined to vote for liberals and Democrats. You could ask half of them who the vice president was under Obama. They might not be able to tell you, but so he, some people will remember him for that. Some won't, but he's now. Because of Twitter and just the uh, Internet in general, he is now known for his hugging when people don't want to be hugged. So much so, you know, you, you know you're doing a little bit you're, – you're having a problem when uh, a, a, mag- a, a website like the uh, New York Magazine, which is a, a liberal publication, they come out with a list of all the people who have spoken out against you. For hugging them or doing something else that they don't want to do, and when it's uh let's see one two three when it's uh three and a half pages long, filled with names, you have a problem there's Lucy Flores, she was the one who came out just last week uh she's the one who said he um <laughs> he uh smelled her hair and then kissed her on the back of the head. I just want you to try to try to picture Hillary Clinton coming up behind. Barack Obama and sniffing his hair and then kissing him on the back of the head. This is not something that people do, okay? Uh, but that's what Joe did with Lucy, and he he seemed to be kind of getting over that, because she said, you know, it made me uh, real uncomfortable and all that stuff, but I, I, I wouldn't not, I would still vote for him if he ran against Donald Trump. Then there's somebody named Amy Lapos. Uh, she's an aide for a, a U.S. representative, Jim Hines. She says that Biden touch, touched her and rubbed, touched and rubbed his nose against her during a political fundraiser. Uh, who does that? Who, who? Who? I mean, that's not hugging. Uh, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a man, if you're a woman, would you rather have a man hug you or rub noses? I, I'd go for neither. But, I, but uh, rubbing noses is kind of strange. And then she thought he was going to kiss her. Then there's D.J. Hill. She was one of two women to come forward with allegations in the New York Times. She said referred to Biden's conduct as tactile politics. That's what the new name for this is. Um, And at a fundraising event in Minneapolis, she alleges that Biden rested his hand on her shoulder and then started to move it down her back, which left her feeling very uncomfortable. Only he knows his intent. She said, if something makes you feel uncomfortable, you have to feel able to say it. Well, did she say it? How about, hey, Joe, get your hands off me. Then there's Caitlin Caruso in the same report from the Times. She said that after sharing the story of her sexual assault at a University of Nevada event in 2016, Biden hugged her, quote, just a little bit too long, and laid his hand on her thigh. Now, this is a guy who's smart enough to be vice president of the United States. Someone just tells you the, about a story about being sexually assaulted, and you go for the move to put your hand on her thigh. That's not real smart. Uh, she says, it doesn't even really cross your mind that such a person would dare perpetuate harm like that. These are supposed to be people you can trust. And Allie Cole she said uh, Biden squeezed her shoulders, complimented her smile, and held her for a beat too long. I had I had people that I worked with. This is, I just thought of this now. I had people that I worked with, and I never did this because I, I it, it it creeped me out. But I had people I worked with at, at uh, two TV stations. Um, I'm thinking of them now. I'm not going to mention their names, of course, but they were constantly asking like female producers for a hug, and I, it always made me. Uh, I, I wanted to I was wishing that the the female producer would slap him or something and tell him OK, you know what? I really don't want to hug. But, you know, what's what's a woman supposed to do? So I've never been a big I think you should hugs should not be devalued. And they are de- devalued when you keep hugging people all the time. It's like it's, I don't kiss people unless there's some reason to feel like they you know, that there should a kiss is needed here. But there's something about people who are kissing all the time and hugging all the time. Just back off. But uh, anyway, that was not a good move. Uh, she he held her for a beat too long. Now there's a couple other women on here. Sophie Uh, Karasik, uh She was holding hands and touching foreheads <laughs> with Biden at the noses. Foreheads touching foreheads with Biden at the Oscars. Where she stood alongside 50 other sexual assault survivors during Lady Gaga's performance. So that's just recently that this happened. It was a moment that soon went viral and was described then by the Post as powerful. But uh, and, and then the report came out on the Post this week that she, this woman Sophie uh, Karasik said she believes that Bi- Biden violated her personal space. And she also said she wasn't impressed with Biden's two-minute-long video response. That's the one that just came out, I think it was yesterday, maybe you've seen it, where Biden is out there uh, saying, you know, I'm, hey, look, I'm a touchy-feely guy, I'm, I, I, I like making contact, and, you know, leave me alone, I'm not a bad guy. He does that, and then he has, does the thing today with the speech and, tells, and tries to make a joke. Last one here, Vale Konert Yount. Uh, she was a White House intern in the spring of 2013. Biden, there seems to be a certain amount of uh, consistency here. Biden, quote, put his hand on the back of her head and pressed his forehead to her forehead when he introduced himself and that he called her a pretty girl. She was, quote, so shocked that it was hard to focus on what he was saying. <laughs> this kind of inappropriate behavior that makes many women feel uncomfortable and unequal in the workplace. Really? This is not this is not someone you know that he worked with that he was showing a sign uh, a sign of affection to. He just met this person and he decides to rub foreheads with her and say she's a pretty girl. I don't know, Joe. I I think a lot of this stuff is uh, maybe a, just a a bit overrated. I don't think the guy's a sexual predator, but he's kind of creepy and he's kind of a goof and he probably shouldn't be president and he should probably go away, which is what we're going to do. We'll be right back. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer.
5: Many people today think the Bible, the most influential book in world history, is not only outdated, but also irrelevant, irrational, and even immoral. Dennis Prager here. I've written a book, The Rational Bible, Genesis, to prove otherwise. My new book demonstrates clearly and powerfully that the Bible remains profoundly relevant, both for the great issues of our day and in each of our lives. The Rational Bible, Genesis, comes out this May, and I want to invite you to join me for an exclusive pre-launch event for my book, on May 6th in Orlando, Florida. That will be the first day it will be available to the public. Get your tickets today. Be part of a full day celebration with me and our partners at TBN. Come and be part of the studio audience for the taping and live broadcast of my radio show. After the broadcast, I'll discuss my new book, answer your questions, and you'll get a signed copy of the Rational Bible Genesis. Join me in Orlando on May 6th. Get your tickets today when you visit my website DennisPrager.com and click on the Rational Bible Banner. See you in Orlando.
3: Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? Get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit Pittsburgh.com.
5: You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you.
1: The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Traczynski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
0: This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: Okay, uh, we are back and uh, the final four is uh, coming up. You may have heard coming up this this weekend tomorrow, the, the two games tomorrow. And I'm um, not going to get into a, a basketball discussion, but I, but I saw a, a really good um, piece today. Actually, I tried to get him on the show. We, we made an effort and uh, weren't able to get him. Uh, the, the guy who wrote this column, his name is Kevin Blackstone, and he, he writes for uh, the Washington Post. And he also uh, is a, a contributor at ESPN. And I thought he, he came up with some uh, really good points today. Um, about the the basketball tournament, and he kind of tied it in with the um, you know the the scandal the the admissions scandal at all the universities with all the rich people, uh, Holly, some Hollywood people included who have been paying money to have someone else take their kids' tests for them and uh, figuring out weaseling their way into college. One of the real creative ones I saw today was um, I, I think it was Harvard there was a fencing coach and the, the fencing coach was trying to sell his house. He had it up for sale for 500 and some thousand dollars. Somebody who wanted to get his kid into the school bought the house from the fencing coach and the fencing coach put the kid on the fencing team, even though this kid, I can't, was a man or a girl, a boy or a girl, but put this person on the fencing team. And then, uh, he, so he, but he paid this uh, fencing coach a million dollars for the house that he had for sale for $549,000. And then he turned that around and sold the house for like 400000 So he lost a half million dollars to get his kid into school. But um, so Blackstone's writing this piece about how the black kids, black uh, stu- uh, football and basketball players are exploited... Because their sports, football and basketball, support all these uh, sports that these elite, mostly white people are using to fake their way into university by saying their kids play them in other words the, these these sports wouldn't even exist if not for the for the black players who were there so he says fast forward to 2019 to look like any of the upward of three dozen children of wealthy and well-connected mostly white families hollywood and silicon valley types doctors and lawyers the government allege are in some of the most elite colleges and universities in the country only because of bribes from their parents until the federal government stepped in last month, the black male college athlete held that distinction on college campuses: academically unworthy. Almost alone, he writes, "We in the media wrote extensively about those high school athletes, predominantly and disproportionately black males, headed to college to play its revenue-generating sports of football, in call and basketball, despite failing standardized tests and not meeting individual college admission prerequisites, we quoted Notre Dame's legendary football player Paul Horning when he remarked during a tough stretch for Fighting Irish football that quote We can, can't stay as strict as we are as far as the acad- academic structure is concerned because we've got to get the black athlete. And this is uh, the, you know we're talking about these. Uh, issues with the uh, phony admissions for these rich, mostly white people, and they're not all white but mostly white people with mostly white sports like tennis and crew and fencing that they 're using to fake their way in um, but we have the University of North Carolina, which had kids playing basketballs recently as that uh, was in this century it was after two thousand maybe maybe within the first uh, fifteen years ago let 's say um they couldn 't literally could not read. And if they could read, they read at the fourth grade level. So uh, Blackstone writes, While they represent more than half of major college basketball uh, rosters, such as those headed for the Final Four, and more than 60% of those colleges' football rosters, black males compose less than 3% of the undergraduate enrollments at those institutions. In short... Black athletes are on college campuses mostly to make money for the athletic corporation rather than be nurtured by the academic apparatus. So they're there to make money and exploit it. I've been saying this for years. College football and basketball cesspool. We just had the uh, the Alliance of American Football disappear uh, over the weekend. And that was uh, had some promise uh, because that was a minor league football. Uh, it was a minor football league, and it could have given kids who don't want to be in college but are pretty good football players a chance to earn a living playing football. But that's gone now. And the truth may be, uh, Blackstone writes, that what makes the system constructed and funded by well-heeled white parents to hijack the college admission system for the benefit of their undeserving kids, particularly de- devious. That's the truth that, may, that makes it so devious, that it's black kids that are making it possible. For many of them, they use the blood and sweat of black male athletes to make space for their kids. You get where he's going here with this? That these sports wouldn't exist; we couldn't be funded without the uh, football and basketball programs, and everybody knows that. Anybody who knows college sports knows that. And he's saying that they're, it's, it's even, they're even they're being, I guess, exploited twice because they're also being used to make money for the programs that allow people to fake their way in. Who, by the way, are just not well—they're they're, they're academically unqualified, which is a big problem. And almost all of these fake fake athletes purportedly played a sport other than football or basketball. They supposedly sailed, played soccer, volleyball, tennis, participated in games known in the college athletic industry as expenditure sports. They're sports that cost the schools money to run without bringing in money. They are played predominantly by white athletes, and their overheads are mostly paid for by the revenue generated from football and basketball, which are mostly stocked by black male athletes. That is an overlooked truth about college athletics. Most of it is not football and basketball, but everything else. What he's saying is college uh, college athletics are not all about football and basketball. It's about everything else. It's just that football and basketball are most visible, and they bring in the most money, and they support the other sports. And most everything else is played by everyone except black males who make everything else possible. He's making some good points here. There's no greater form of hypocrisy in American culture than athletics and higher education. That's what Don McPherson said. He's a, he's a former quarterback. He's black. He played at Syracuse. Um, he says, when you look at stadiums this is McPherson talking, and if you remember Pitt football, this guy tortured Pitt uh, football, he was a good player at Syracuse when you look at stadiums that put 100,000 110,000 people in the seats and the brothers on the field can't even read, it is staggering to wrap your brain around, and I love college football, but it is hard when you hear the term non-qualifiers for black male athletes, that means you don't belong on campus, and many don't not just black athletes, but just many athletes don't belong on campus, but now, because most of them are black, you can say that most of them, most black athletes don't belong because it's too many college, football. this is, we're talking about major college uh, football and basketball programs, are 60, maybe higher than that, 60% black, and they're the ones that are getting the scholarships, and, and the rules are being bent to the point, as I said, they couldn't read at North Carolina, and they were taking bogus courses. At the very least, however, those black male athletes are providing a function for the university. They're producing financial returns to keep a part of the institution afloat. They're being used to attract applications and students and alumni. They do have a space on campus, albeit exploitative, where they belong, and they had to be gifted and talented to occupy that space. The kids finally found out in this admissions investigation. Uh, uh, the, the kids, I should say, the kids finally found out. The kids who benefited from this phony, these phony admissions. They are the real scandal, according to Blackstone. They are the ones who have no space on the campus and are without gift or talent, even to be exploited. Pretty good points there made by Blackstone. I don't know how much uh, um, coverage that uh, column will get or how much it'll be. Uh, how, much, how many people will pay attention to it? But there's are some really good stuff there. But what it points to, to me, is just what I've been saying for a long time about college football and basketball. It's a cesspool, and. When you talk about kids who can't read, as McPherson said there, uh, people like to focus on the fact that he's playing football and, he's, and he's, he's not qualified for college because he can't read. And I've always said that the question that should be asked, how did he get through high school? Forget about being on a college campus. The kids reading at a fourth grade level, how did he get through uh, high school? That's the big question that should be asked. I don't think it will be. We'll be right back.
1: With SRN News on Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is in Calexico, California, along the southern border between the United States and Mexico this afternoon. He made an address to people trying to seek asylum in the U.S. from Central and South America. The system is
0: full.
6: Can't take you anymore. Whether it's asylum, whether it's uh, anything you want, it's illegal immigration. Can't take you anymore. We can't take you. Our country is full. Our area is full. The sector is full
0: can't take you anymore. I'm sorry. Can't happen. So turn around. That's the way it is. Mr.
2: Trump spoke in front of a project that's part of some one billion dollars in efforts to replace existing barriers and build new ones across the border. On Wall Street, that up by 40 points to close at 26,424, that Asdaq rose 47, the SP and advanced 13, oil up to 6308 a barrel. This is SRN News. The tradition.
0: The suspense. The race. The Kentucky Derby is the pinnacle of horse racing. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to witness the Kentucky Derby in person. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000. Use it to purchase your dream home or pay off your mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. The fashion. The mint juleps. The parties. The This is your opportunity to experience it all firsthand thanks to the Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $250,000 and one of 20 VIP trips to the Kentucky Derby. The Rocket Mortgage Homestretch Sweepstakes. Enter today at
1: HomestretchSweepstakes.com. No purchase necessary. 21 years or older ends on April 7, 2019. HomestretchSweepstakes.com. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.
0: Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station?
3: That's easy. AM 1250, the answer.
1: Hurt in an accident? I can't help you. But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark, call me, Attorney Gary Topoloski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors. 877 572 8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them
3: first. Pella has done it again with a brand new series called Lifestyle. Wood windows and patio doors delivering solutions for real life. Performance redefined. Unbeatable energy efficiency, sound control and value. Innovations like integrated blinds, shades and security sensors. Unique solutions for every room with the best limited lifetime warranty for wood windows and patio doors. For a limited time, get 50% off installation, 12 months no payments
4: code three three
0: six six enjoy stuck in traffic we've got the answer
4: it's a busy rush hour all over the area. Going to start with a look at the Parkway West. It's congested inbound from 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And on the outbound side, slowing down Green Tree Road to Carnegie. Looking at pretty typical volume both ways on the Parkway East. So expect a few extra minutes there. Outbound on 28 is slowing down Veterans Bridge to 40th Street and Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. Inbound 28, also a delay approaching the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather.
4: A
6: spotty shower this evening, otherwise mostly cloudy tonight, low 43. Tomorrow, becoming pleasant and warmer with clouds giving way to some sun, high 65. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 46. Sunday, a warm day with intervals of clouds and sun. A passing shower
3: for the afternoon, high 73 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, the answer.
0: Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on
2: AM 1250, The Answer. I hate windmills. Um, I hate the sight of them. I think they're dumb. And they may cause cancer if you listen to them. At least that's what uh, President uh, Trump said the other day. And he was ridiculed for it um, quite a bit. Um, I said that I, I didn't know if you could get cancer of the eyes from looking at them for too long because they're really ugly, but I, I don't know about getting cancer from uh, the noise that they make. But, um, it, uh, just the whole idea of wind power it doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense to me based on what you have to go through to get the, uh, get the power. But, um, we're, uh, do we have the, uh, Dr. Moore ready? Ready to go? Okay, we're, we we we're having a little trouble with the connection there for a second. Uh, we have Doctor Patrick Moore on the phone right now. Doctor Moore, thanks for being here. Are you are you there, Doctor Moore?
6: Yes, I am. Okay, very good,
2: very good. We we were having a little issue with the board today, so. Uh, uh, um, so thanks for being here, by the way. <laughs> and um, it's probably
6: those win- its probably those wind turbines interfering.
2: Yeah, that, that they do that. that That's—they're uh, a problem with that. We have that big problem around here. I—I I, I mentioned uh, before we uh, connected with you here that uh, President Trump gotten uh, got a lot of ridicule for saying that the sound from the wind uh, windmills can give you cancer. Um, I, I don't know if that's uh, part of uh, your expertise, but I have a feeling he might have stretched that a little bit.
6: Could have done, yeah, he's been known to do that time and again. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, no, I, I, I know it really causes people uh, problems, though. It makes it hard to sleep for a lot of people.
2: Oh, I know. And yeah.
6: it something inside their body. So I, I, I know people who are close to them, and I think some jurisdictions have made them be far away from people per, for that very reason.
2: Yeah, I have heard, uh, a long time ago, actually, I, I, I saw a story about people who had them... Uh, put near their houses and they 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 couldn't take it of course you're not kind of hard to sell your house with that thing looming over the top of you and making noise that drives you insane uh but but i i I was going to introduce you and i got distracted there but uh, you're one of the founders of uh greenpeace and uh you're you're with the heartland institute now also uh so you are you are one of the founders of greenpeace but then you weren't because something happened at wikipedia that you had to deal with can you explain what happened there
6: Well, it's Greenpeace trying to deep-six me because they don't like some of my opinions. Uh, In particular, when I came out in favor of nuclear power long after I left them, I had been listed as one of the founders of Greenpeace on their website for 21 years after I left, and I'd been there for 15 years in the first place, so that's like over 30 years later, 36 years later, and they just suddenly removed my name from the list of founders, but I've got the Wayback Machine... And you can go back and look at what their website said back then, and it's all very clear, but then somebody went into my Wikipedia biography and took out that I was a co-founder of Greenpeace, and now Google, when it searches for who the founders of Greenpeace are, doesn't find me anymore, and so they've basically uh, sent me uh, to Mars or whatever, and I, I, I don't really care. I will try to fix my own biography on Google, but it's on Wikipedia, I mean, it's really difficult, but... That, that thing about the noise is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg of what's so stupid about these wind turbines, and I'd be glad to run through it with you, John, if I could.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and I, I'm, you can just take off and go, because I know, for one thing, it's the space that it takes, and they're unbelievably hideous. Uh, just, just that alone is enough for me. But uh, what about just the, the efficiency and everything about it?
6: Yeah, well, you're right. They're a blight on the landscape and and all over the world now. But the real problem is is that they are basically, you might say, just wind-dressing for the electrical grid. They provide uh, some power, but they're not reliable, and so they have to have a backup system that is just as much energy as they are. So every time you put in a couple of megawatts of wind energy, you got to have a couple of megawatts of something else that's reliable that you can turn on when the wind stops blowing. It's the same with solar panels. The bottom line of it is, from an economic point of view, there wouldn't be a single windmill or single solar panel on the grid if it wasn't for three things. First, the subsidies. Second, the tax credits. If you invest in wind, you can write that off against your other profits. And mandates. In many places, utilities have a mandate, a legal requirement that the utility produce a certain percentage of its electricity from wind and solar. And so there's no way of getting out of that. So otherwise, they would, as I say, rust in place or like in rest in peace, because there is no economic reason for them to exist. The only reason they exist is because people are afraid of carbon dioxide, which is the result of burning fossil fuels, and which is in fact the main food for all life on Earth. And it's time people got this right, because they got it 100% wrong. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. Carbon dioxide is not toxic. It is not poisonous. It is the food of all life. Plants could not live without it. It's how they make sugar, with carbon dioxide and water. So the whole thing is a complete crock, besides which, wind turbines just in the United States kill over half a million birds a year, among which are nearly 90,000 raptors, that's eagles and hawks and owls. Now, the Obama administration, knowing that this was a liability, exempted wind farms, specifically wind farms, only wind farms, are exempted from killing golden eagles and bald eagles, which would normally receive under the legislation, up to a $250,000 fine or a maximum of two years in prison for killing one eagle. They are killing 90,000 raptors a year, and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has a bird morgue, a place where they've got all these dead eagles and owls and hawks in plastic bags hanging in a refrigerator because they're considered endangered, I suppose. I'm not sure why they have the, the bird morgue. But they do have one. You can look it up on the Internet, whereas the average citizen would either go to jail or pay a massive fine. And I would hope that whether it causes cancer or not, that President Trump would rescind this exemption for killing eagles with wind farms.
2: And um, the, the, the fact that the fact that it, it does that kind of damage to the wildlife the same people who would prevent a uh, gigantic mall from being built or some other uh, property being built because of a that might endanger the snail darter, will, will be are okay with the with the wind farms.
6: Yeah, well, there's no arguing with religion, and that's about what it's come down to. Because there is no rational or logical or economic argument for these infernal things to be spread all over across the landscape. It's basically the main reason they exist is because of the rent seekers and the crony capitalists who are getting the subsidies and the tax credits and by the mandates are required to make these things. Now, I have a, I have a proposal because I know that AOC, under her new Green Deal or Green New Deal, she wants 100% wind and solar, basically, because they're not only against fossil fuels, coal, oil, and gas. They're also against hydroelectric and nuclear, which between the five of those things makes up about 98% of all the electricity in the United States. So therefore, about 2% of electricity is from, from wind and solar now, or 2% of the energy. And how can, you, how can you go up to 100% wind and solar if it only works part of the time? That means that there'd be no electricity a lot of the time. That wouldn't be a good idea. But the other thing is, We can't run factories and steel mills and car plants and that sort of thing on this wind and solar energy. So I'm proposing that all the wind and solar machines should have to be built with energy from wind and solar. Because right now they're building with with them with coal and gas-fired electricity and nuclear-fired electricity. And then they have the nerve to be against those kinds of electricity, even though that's what they're they're, they're building the wind and solar with.
2: It's it's unbelievable, and uh, and um, it's it's the the space that they take up, um, yeah, And and I we talked about this with someone else on the show a while back, and uh, he gave the example of some, people in New York City would like to have uh, the liberals in, living in New York City would like to have uh, solar power or wind power. And they would like to live in the city while the countryside and, you know, up in upstate New York, out in the country, is littered with either um, uh, solar panels or windmills. And they get to look at all the ugly uh, windmills and listen to them, and the electricity is pumped into New York City for them to enjoy. And they don't have to deal with it. Yeah, that
6: would be great, wouldn't it? Well, at least with the wind farms, you can farm around them. With the solar farms, they cover up the whole darn place. Yeah. so it's just a waste. Of, it's just a waste of land, as far as I'm concerned. The, the, the technology that takes the least amount of space per unit power created is nuclear energy. And here you've got these dumb people in New York just shut down the the Yankee. Uh, no, sorry, the um, I forget its name now, but the one on the Hudson River. They just shut down two. They're just about to shut down two nuclear plants in uh, New York State. And those two plants are going to be replaced by natural gas. And there is no possible way that they can actually reduce their CO2 emissions if they shut down the nuclear plants, because the nuclear plants don't produce CO2 emissions, and they produce a lot of electricity. It's just completely ridiculous what's going on with people thinking that shutting nuclear plants down can help reduce CO2 emissions. But I've already mentioned that CO2 is good. Yeah. So it's a good thing that we're it's a good thing that we're putting CO2 back into the atmosphere. Where yeah. do people think the CO2 from burning fossil fuels came from in the first place? It came from the atmosphere to make the plants that made the coal and the oil and the gas because all of the fossil fuels are organic and made with solar energy. People don't seem to realize that. They think it's some horrible Deadly group that came from Mars or something. <laughs> well, but that's, that's... in fact, go ahead. It, it, it is it is one hundred percent organic, as in the proper scientific word meaning of the word "organic," which is carbon chemistry. The chemistry of carbon is organic chemistry. The chemistry of everything else is inorganic chemistry. So fossil fuels are one hundred percent organic, one hundred percent made with solar energy, and when you burn them, they produce the two most important things for life. Carbon dioxide and water, which is what they were made from in the first place.
2: Now, this is my this is what I want to talk to you about the CO, uh, C, the carbon dioxide. It's it seems to be this whole um, argument is is based on that, and it's whether is it good or is it bad, and how can there be so many supposedly smart people disagree so strongly on something that uh, specific that the whole Um, the whole question of the environment is hanging on whether CO2 is good or CO2 is bad. If you think it's good, you think all this is ridiculous. If you think it's bad, you think we're going to be dead in 12 years.
6: Yeah, well, if you think being dead in 12 years is good, then you're going to be against CO2 because nothing would be alive if it wasn't for CO2. That's the irony of this situation. CO2 is the basis of all life. Life is carbon-based. All the carbon in life came from CO2 in the atmosphere and the oceans. There is no other source of carbon for life besides CO2. So there you have it. And the reason people are demonizing CO2 and making a fortune off it is because of the powerful convergence of interests among the green groups fundraising on it, the media sensationalizing about it, The politicians paying scientists to provide them with scare stories year after year after year. They keep giving them grants to study climate change. Meanwhile, the scientists say the science is settled. But for some reason, they need more money every year to continue to study it. If it was settled, why don't they go on and study something worth studying that needs some work? It's a total contradiction. And then you've got the crony capitalists. And the rent seekers in the green business, as they like to call it, the wind turbine and solar panel manufacturers, etc., etc. And then you've got the scientists who are being bought by the public money. All the scientists who are big on the anti-CO2 and the climate change catastrophe are on taxpayer money given to them by politicians who want a scare story dressed up like science to sell to the public, to scare the public so the public will vote for them because they say they'll save their grandchildren if they do. And it, that's why the left is the big uh, pusher of this because they've got nothing positive to offer. All they've got to offer is to save us from the boogeyman, whereas actually the, 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 the countries that are using free market systems and, and using capitalism are making it very very much better for all people in society, whereas the policies of the left would be worse for the poor than anybody else. They use the poor as a shield. They use the poor as a prop, saying that you should vote for us because we care more for the poor. If they cared more for the poor, they wouldn't make electricity cost twice as much or gasoline cost twice as much and all the other things that they do once they get into power.
2: We're talking to Dr. Patrick Moore of the Heartland Institute. He's the former president of the Greenpeace. I, I have to ask you about that because the, the discussion about uh, CO2. And um, and whether it's good or bad. And I'm just wondering what uh, you, and you mentioned that the uh, the people who are saying it's or, or demonizing it are getting paid money by the government. But you are being accused of being an, uh, being paid by the oil companies or the energy companies. So
6: I have I have never worked for an oil company. I have given speeches to audiences in which people from industry are attending. They are not telling me what to say. I do not get hired to make speeches because I'm a parrot. I get hired to make speeches because they're interested in what I have to say, things like I've been telling you. So if anybody can see anything wrong with what what I've said over this interview, please let me know. But the fact of the matter is there is nothing wrong with CO2. Whether or not it is causing warming is still a question, We have absolutely no definitive proof that it is cause of the slight warming that has occurred in the last 300 years since the peak of the Little Ice Age in 1700. We didn't start that warming period 300 years ago, but that's what we're in, the modern warm period. And the temperature has increased by about 1.1 degrees Celsius, which is so normal that it's funny. It isn't funny. There's no reason to think what's happening now is abnormal. And in fact, I have challenged anybody to name a single factor in the weather today that is anywhere near out of ordinary with the last 10,000 years. Weather is extreme sometimes, and extreme weather is dangerous and always has been all through the history of the Earth. But there's nothing unusual about what is happening now on this planet. As a matter of fact, the climate of planet Earth as a whole is colder now in this Pleistocene ice age. We're in an interglacial period now, but even the interglacial periods are colder than the hothouse eras that went for 300 million years before this Pleistocene ice age set on 5 million years ago and for really in earnest 2.5 million years ago. This earth has been in a 55 million year cooling period. Look it up on the internet. The graphs that show you, you know? Yep. So if anybody would want to do the research on this, they can find out without any difficulty okay. what the arguments are on either side.
2: Well, I'm unfortunately, I'm out of time, Doctor. I really appreciate you being here. You cleared it up for me. Thank you very much.
6: You're very welcome. Anytime, John. All right,
2: Dr. Patrick Moore. We'll be right back.
3: Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUSPittsburgh.com.
1: Stinging and
0: for alerts and offers via automatic text message. Message and data rates may apply.
3: Has dinner got you down? Sick of awful frozen meals or unhealthy fast food? Don't despair because Martha Stewart is doing a free taste test, giving away three full-size meals from her new meal kit delivery service, Martha and Marley Spoon. All fresh ingredients with Martha's delicious and easy recipes. You're eating in just 30 minutes. To be part of Martha's at-home taste test and get three free meals, be one of the first hundred people to Text the word Martha to 246810. It's so easy. Text us now. Martha and Marley's spoon meals are easy, simple, and delicious. And right now, Martha wants you to enjoy three of her best 30 minute meals for free so you can save time and enjoy eating dinner again. To be part of Martha's at home taste test and get your three free meals, be one of the first hundred people to text Martha to 246810. That's Martha to 246810. Martha to 246810.
1: I'm Scott from Plugin Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plugin Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plugin Pest Free is the only scientifically tested and more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? Plug-in Pest Free is 100% chemical free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. gopestfree.com today.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, we got about a minute left for this week. Uh, it's been a good week. Thanks to Aaron Byrne for her producing, Mike helping out today. Aaron uh, was off today, but we managed to get through it. And uh, um, we'll be back next Monday. We're here every uh, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 on AM 1250, The Answer. I didn't have time to mention, I, we had uh, a while back, we had a guy on uh, talking about... Um, the the skeet shooting teams in minnesota and how popular they become Uh, but now there's a bill being introduced in minnesota to include shooting and phys ed so that they the kids learn how to handle a gun and uh, that should be an interesting controversy in minnesota i'm all for it i don't know anything about it but are we out of time Okay, we're done. I, I, uh, I'm I looking forward to the uh, weekend. Penguins in the playoffs. Uh, see if Joe Biden hugs anybody between now and, I don't know, 6 o'clock. Uh, and uh, lots of stuff going on this week. we got another big week next week, and we'll see you on Monday. Thanks for being here.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.